0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> I,
1: I, I. Top of the morning to your patrons. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> it's over the hump day. Oh, yeah. That means Wednesday. Hump day? And while we're at it, welcome to Lucas in the Morning. Today, we'll be joined by our good buddy, Bags. Andy Baggett of uwbadgers.com at 7.15. I
2: said, if you're having the best time of your life right now, let me get it. Yes, sir.
1: Alongside Rob Vogel and John Adius, here's (laughs) Mike Lucas.
3: It is true that alongside me at the moment is John Adius. It is false, though, that Vogel is alongside of me because Vogel has a logistics issue today. vogie goes to sleep in one room. His alarm is in another room. I have no idea why he thought it would work. Alarm in one room, Vogie in another room. Can you explain that to me? I have no idea. I
4: don't know. We're going to have to get the explanation. I'm sure he's listening right now. No, we'll he isn't. To- he's probably not even
3: listening right now, which is fine. Yeah. But hey, so since since Vogie's not here, what does that mean, John? Oh, yeah! Second straight day, baby! Oh, yeah! Vogie with another bar! Yeah, I hate to bring it up all the time, but his absence just creates a whole different environment. I think that. Celebrate! Yeah, the show is more positive. Yes. Well, speaking of which. we're under unique circumstances the next few days here. We apologize in advance that at seven o'clock, the storm front will move in. Um, it will block out the sun. It will start raining cats and dogs, specifically cats, because we'll be joined by Finkelbutt. Is that correct?
4: Dr. J is taking over at seven, so I can head out to University Ridge yeah. Yeah. to help out Mike so, Mike so I can push a button for Mike.
3: Yeah, so there you have it. So, everything, if there perchance, if there's anything positive during the first hour, it will be completely erased when Finkelberry shows up.
4: He'll complain about something. I know there's
3: Rogers. Everything! Le- the Rogers LaFleur
4: thing, because I know there's some great juicy well, that's, sound bites. That's a
3: good tease, because Ugh. yesterday I was a bit surprised by the reaction, maybe the reaction nationally to this story Matt LaFleur, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, where's it going to all lead about Audibles, Michael Silver? weighed in with a story. Tom Silverstein, our very own Spoon, had the first story, I believe, talking about just the challenges for both rookie head coach and elite quarterback and getting on the same page of the playbook when it comes to audibles. Every sports talk show I tuned into yesterday, that was one of the topics. It was unreal. It was unreal. And I'm not going to give away... The story here, but based on what you've not heard or heard, who do you think got the most criticism, Lafleur or Rogers?
4: Uh, I'm going to guess Aaron Rodgers probably did. He's the bigger target.
3: You will be surprised. Mm. Speaking of surprises, I don't know if this falls under the heading of a surprise. This is more of a disappointment, but uh, the aforementioned Rob Vogel has now arrived in the studio. <laughs> So much for the celebration.
0: Hey, fellas, what's up? Oh, no, wait, oh, a sound long long long. that yeah. sounds fun. Good that's Lord. I'm glad you guys took it in stride and didn't act like anything fun was happening because I was gone.
3: What happened? I heard as I was Vogel.
0: driving in, by the way.
3: What happened to you? Why would you put your <laughs> alarm in a different room from where you were sleeping?
0: Because uh, my. Cause I didn't had... want to
3: wake up my wife and kid. No,
0: no. We had a ball game. We didn't get home until 1030 last night. And then I was so wired up from the game. And watching uh, online the Twins game and the Brewers game that didn't get on, so I didn't. I'm not kidding you. I didn't go to bed till three in the morning.
2: Red
0: Vogel! And my cell phone was in my bedroom while I was downstairs on the couch watching the games. See, so I still excuse? have an
4: old school alarm clock. Does anybody else still? I do. You still use that? Yeah, yeah I still yeah. use the one
3: I've had for 25,
4: 30 years. There, <laughs> I a there kid. are moments, I
3: yeah, when I'm so still asleep and the alarm goes off and I can't hit the right button that I'll pull cord right out of the wall. You do? Just to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> my buttons
4: it. on the on the alarm clocks now you have to kind of push at an angle or push extra hard cuz they're getting they're getting old. They're not There's working. The, the
3: worst is we have an upstairs bedroom. I think I have hit the off button for the alarm. I go downstairs start working and then I hear this just god awful oh, noise yeah, right oh. next to my wife. Oh. Yeah. And then now you, I don't move very quickly anymore but you could see me just shoot up those steps (laughs) thinking, oh, yeah, I'll get there in time. She won't be awakened by that sound.
0: Right, which is usually what happens because my cell phone will just be at the top of the stairs, and then I'll go racing to go get it quickly. But this time, even my kid, who's a human alarm clock, slept in later because we got home so late from the Little League field last night.
3: Well, a a lot of baseball highlights. I'm glad you stayed up for the Twinkies. We'll get around to that. Oh, my God. I'm not so happy that I stayed up for the Brewers. I did. I woke up a couple of times and I was there in the bitter end. Mm-hmm. What I found interesting, John and Rob, is that our very own Mikey Baseball was tweeting last night about mm. the prospect of a perfect game or something, Ooh. So some silliness to that effect. Did he make that tweet right after like the first batter Brandon Woodruff faced or the third? Or was it the third inning where he was saying, well, you might want to stay up. It looks like he's got his great stuff. Blah, 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 blah. He
4: wrote, jinx alert, and I have no issue with the superstitious types. If you are thinking of turning the Brewers off to go to sleep, at least wait until Woodruff gives up a hit. He has special stuff early tonight. 1997 was a long time ago. I'll take your criticism Wednesday after 8. Well, it's Wednesday after 6, and you'll...
3: It's and a, he's, he's oh, deserving of the criticism too. Was at waiting 9:44 p.m.? How about so. it was 3 innings? How about waiting a little bit before you give a perfect game
4: alert? Perfect game alert should come with what would be the Man, perfect, game, mean, perfect game perfect game
3: alert? 6th or 7th inning. 6th or 7th? The earliest the 6th. Yeah, yeah, at least. The I, earliest. I'd probably at wait least.
4: till the 7th.
0: Yeah. And you two are neither one of you said you were superstitious, right? Like you won't No, I no. and when you guys are on the you know, doing a broadcast of a game. If, I guess there's really there's really nothing for football or basketball. Is there? that's the same superstitions that you have with baseball. I, or I,
3: I've game raised no this hitter? once before that someone at the free throw line has hit 55 oh. consecutive free throws. Free yeah. throws. Yeah. Is it proper right. etiquette to say, "Well, so and so has made 55 in a row," and then clank, boink, Never whatever? Kills. Sound effect, he misses. Yep. Oh, I should have never said that. Well, no, come on.
0: <laughs> and it's different on the radio because on TV you could kind of slide in a graphic and just not even acknowledge it yes. or say hello. But on radio you kind of got to say it because nobody can see it either. No
3: sooner. that Did I see that Heller tweet, uh, Woodruff gave up two hits in an a day. Well, How many happen.
4: minutes apart from the tweet to the hits do you think it was? I'm not sure.
3: Less than 20. At least less than twenty. What why why are you doing that, Mike? Three that. innings into the freaking game and you're calling out a perfect game? What <laughs> I didn't tell I'm gonna call out a no
4: hitter. Well, I got after- three batters down. Looks like a perfect game, got great stuff today. First pitch tonight, if I'm awake, I'm tweeting out. Yeah, you gotta be Heller. at least
0: into the fifth or sixth inning for sure, where like a, he's now the pitcher of record, uh so to speak, yes. where you can get credit for yeah. a win before he even starts saying something.
3: Uh we buried the lead. Because I know a lot of people didn't stay up for the game. Padres, a winner, 4-1. to So the Brewers have scored all of one run in two games. That run was scored without a benefit of a hit, I might bring up. Last night, it was somebody called Logan Allen. Logan Allen, a 22-year-old left-handed pitcher making his debut and completely shut down the Brewers. Seven innings, three hits, um, zero runs, obviously. He, he's he got an inner backstory. story time. Cool story. Oh, backstory. Did you read this story?
0: Well, I didn't know any of it until all of a sudden, I, because I, I, like I said, I got home late from the uh, Little League game, and I flipped it on, so I'm like, why is John Cena there?
2: Real What's quick, they're showing no, Oh, yeah. Go, the whole what?
0: Story, I'm like, this is John really cool. John Cena.
3: What? The wrestler. Yeah, yeah. I know of him. He's buddies. Oh. With- he was wearing his jersey, number 54 Padres jersey.
0: He lost a bet.
3: A dollar. Was, was it yeah, a dollar a bet? dollar,
0: and he was there to pay it off.
3: So here's the AP story. Um this guy Logan Allen was warming up in the bullpen before the game and a fan handed him a button with a picture of uh Logan and his brother Philip who's uh dealing with cerebral palsy and he couldn't be there to watch Logan pitch. So that emotionally, you know, that that hits some chords and then John Cena who's who's friends with Allen um that's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Group void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: January of 2018, I was in the owner's box rooting for this Logan Allen. And the Brewers didn't have a clue against him. Couldn't do anything. A bunch of double plays. Bailed him out. That was pretty impressive. One of the lone highlights, again, was a home run. This was off the bat. of Somebody they just called up. Somebody the Padres just called up from the minor leagues, from AAA El Paso, El Paso on Monday. Here, let's listen.
1: Right-hander said, 0-2. Oh, there's a high-fly ball to deep right center field. Car rushed. Ball going. Long gone, Francisco Mejia. Welcome back to Petco. That's how you add
3: on. That's how you add on. <laughs> there's Car- our guy.
0: There's our guy.
3: Uh, Machado also drove in uh, at least one run. He added an RBI double. Uh, there's a big stink right now. This probably be your tweet of the day, won't it, MLB? Uh, Umpires Union upset over Machado. Did you see some of the tweets from them? I, I Pretty well, ridiculous stuff. Well, I saw the
0: initial ones that are linked to mostly to the stories. Oh, my goodness. They're just
3: overreacting yes. to Machado. They call it a workplace violence when he casually brushed the umpire over the weekend, which has led to the one-game suspension, which has led to Machado appealing, which is why he was playing or has played the last two nights.
0: Except that. He's not a first time offender. I understand. He's but that wasn't workplace
3: violence? I, you want I know. workplace violence? I know. I'll give you that too cuz you're you're due some. I know. You're deserving of some workplace violence, I know, boy. Why would they pick on like okay, because
4: Machado
0: gets no sympathy
4: from anybody he shouldn't. There have been a ton of hotheads that go after umpires. I mean, it happens like every night in baseball. Why did they single out Manny but Machado? But it goes
3: both ways. This See that they're right in the midst of a negotiation now between uh, the umpires in major league baseball how many aggressive umpires have we seen this year already especially involved with the brewers right that home plate umpire what's his say mike editor what what was his name i can't even think of his name now mm. who just got who, who just challenged everybody in the brewers dugout right. consistently these guys are always or not all of them some of them are so overly aggressive they create their own problems i think
0: I think last night it was uh, it wasn't it CB Buckner behind the plate who stinks well, yeah, he does but he also gave he gave some uh, uh, some slack to who was it for the pods got rung up one of the guys got rung up on a bad pitch late in the game the eighth and he could have ejected him because he tossed his bat and that's usually a no no right away by an umpire but he let him go and Buckner never took off his helmet never addressed it just kept staring straight ahead well that that's you know what that go. tells
3: me that he knows that he sucks. Maybe. So he's going to give the player a little bit of leeway. What do you got, John?
4: Okay, so the Major League Baseball Baseball Umpires Association's Twitter account tweeted out the statement uh, that I'll read here in a second, but they hashtagged it, hashtag disappointed, hashtag lead by example, hashtag violence, hashtag temper, tamp, temper tantrum, yeah. hashtag not tolerated, hashtag make an example of, hashtag repeat offender, hashtag nonsense. There's another couple more hashtags there. But- yeah,
3: hashtag excessive. That's what that is. They excessive. Should have, they should not have done that. They should have done it. <laughs> and they
4: just say, um, you know, for violently, uh, received a one-game suspension violently. for contact with an umpire over have balls you and Have seen the video? And violently throwing his bat. I will say he did violently throw his bat. Yeah, violence but he in did throw it at the umpire? Yeah, violence in the workplace is not tolerated and offenders are dealt with severely and even made examples of for the good of its employees. Basically saying no regard to anyone's safety. He threw that bat.
3: Oh, you, by the way, John, you just burned uh, Voge's tweet for that's thing. all right
0: just go go play if you're gonna go through it now let's just plow that's through all right, that's all right. Yeah. yes Th- thank you and because i looked up and saw him out on base here they're replaying the game right now on the first thing fernando tatis jr is spectacular at short stuff and he has got a we can make all yeah, the plays Can't he? wow has he got an arm wait a minute him. I'm sorry. You've given
3: up on Arcea now? No. But I, of course, you I, never I, liked Arcea. Uh, no, oh, you're that right. makes no, sense. The guy who hates Arcea, the guy who won't let his kid watch Arcea right. swing... All of a sudden comes up, oh, that Tatis, no. he's the best I've ever seen. I love Tatis. Said I
0: like RCS You love him shortstop. Oh my goodness. Like Not him. as a hitter, but as two a shortstop.
3: Two plus two. I'm
0: just say But Tatis Jr. was one of those guys that Machado and Hosmer, the veterans, remember they went to the GM and said, call these guys up and just let them play. Quit protecting and waiting for their contract. They're too good. We need them here now. Then Tatis Jr. was one of those guys.
3: So we have some other highlights explaining why Vogue here. Didn't get much sleep last Ugh. night for one fanboy. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll share that with you. Also, uh, the reaction to the Lafleur slash Rogers slash Audible question, conversation, discussion, it's just, it's its veered out of control nationally with pundits all weighing in, and John, I already teased this, you'll be surprised whose side they take, whose side they take in all of this. That much more coming up on Lucas in the Morning.
1: He delivers. Lined down the right field line, base hit. Hanging, breaking ball, a rise, touches home plate. Twins on the field gonna mob Kepler.
6: Their first walk-off win.
0: So the Twins walk off the Boston Red Sox in the bottom of the 17th inning, 4-3, here at Target Field.
3: What a stinko call that was! What was that? It was horrible! Welcome back to Lucas in the morning with Bogey and Adios. All right, explain that. Here you go. Seventeen innings. Kepler wins the game against a five-man Red Sox infield. Four-three Twinkies over Boston. Five hours. Forty-five minutes. The game ended at twelve fifty-five this morning, and that's the call to punctuate what had happened.
0: Dan Gladden probably wanted to go home. That's former twin and now Does broadcaster. Does he suck? Yeah. Well, he's not. He's a former ball player for starters. I understand. So he's usually an analyst, well, but so is Bob Uecker. Yeah. Okay. Well, they were different in their careers. You got no answer for play, that. Do in you? their playing careers, they were a little different, but yes. He's not Mister Excitement in the broadcast. Boy, what a downer! But it's 17 innings. The game was—I I don't know what hour of the morning that thing finally ended. Can I, did, just were to you go listening home. at
3: all to me? Then I just say 12:55. The game uh, got over. 12:55 yeah, this morning. Bragging. Can yeah, I exactly. hear Dan Gladden again, just but, just to try to? We continue? gotta listen to this. Right, yeah. Well, maybe right, go not. Go ahead. I'm, uh, go ahead, but I'm not listening. Go ahead. You tell me There's when it's Johnson, over. he delivers. Line down the right field line. Base hit. Hanging breaking ball. A
1: touches old oh plate. Twins on the field going to mob Kepler. Their first walk-off win. Yay. Yeah. Come on, pick it so up the here. The Twins
0: walk off the Boston Red Sox in the bottom of the 17th inning, 4-3, mm. here at Target Field. It sounds like he was excited, it's... but very, very tired after five-plus hours of broadcasting. I
4: don't know. I, I know he scored the... World Series winning run, didn't he? Yes, he did. Off the bat of Gene Larkin.
3: Man, yes, he did. Bring a little energy. Still,
0: it w- and that game was like a playoff game last night. It was ridiculous how many times guys wiggle out of jams and in extra innings. I it mean, had what, what the
3: Twins need, I mean, it's such a great season thus far. What they need is maybe a little John Sterling oh, energy, don't you it. think? Oh. I mean, the Yankees just traded for Edwin Carnacion. Uh, I'm oh. so curious. What kind <laughs> of call will we get out of Sterling Encarnacion homered last night for the first time as a Yankee. What do we got? What do we got? Swung on and drilled it deep right center. That ball is
1: high. It is far. It is gone. Eddie Encarnacion's first home run as a Yankee. Una celebración for Edwin and Carnacion, and the Yankees take a 6-3 lead. That's tough all to right, say. All right, that is tough I, to pull off.
0: All right, I actually heard that last night. Wow, you loved up it too. To we hours in the morning, and I'm like, oh boy, you I know what I in for super, tomorrow.
4: what a yeah. super call. <laughs> listen to it again, but listen right away. Did you hear someone's in the background talking like that? You got it. You got it. Did you hear that? No. Listen, no. listen. Swung on and drilled to deep right center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. There it is. Eddie and Cardinals. Did you hear that?
5: Yes, who's that time the, I did. Who's that? Who's it's
4: the who's I, right the next analyst? to the mic saying, there it is. What's her name?
0: No. Oh, that, it did I sound don't, like That her. wasn't her, though. It wasn't was, it? No. was it? Oh no. It sounded like an older man kind of thing. I don't there know it who it was. <laughs> I thought that was weird.
3: Now, now, now that's a call. That's, uh, that's how yeah. Gladden should have handled the call. In the rain, he hit that
0: one
2: last All
3: right, night. let's try one more because okay. uh, Brewers and Cubs are deadlocked see who's going to win the division last night. It was the City Series between the White Sox and the Cubs, and a former Cub all of a sudden had the spotlight on him late in the ballgame. Do we have that call?
1: A high fly ball into deep left field. Schwarber turns and looks, and it's gone. Eloy Jimenez has just hit a two-run ball.
5: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And it's 3-1 to one White Sox.
3: So he came over in that Quintana trade um, to the White Sox, and he won the game last night. Helped the Brewers. Brewers need a little help here because they can't find their offense at the moment. i will get another chance today in San Diego.
0: Yeah, it was a weird call when they scored their run last night, and Brian Anderson called. They've scored their first run since Sunday. Whatever
3: time it just means like, wow, that's a big forever. Yeah, oh, yeah it was nineteen like, innings without one. Feels like forever nineteen ago. innings without one. Uh, some minutia, baseball minutia. You always like baseball minutiae, don't you? John? Love it. Oh, John. Oh, oh, Vol- I Vol- love too. it. John. Anything anything like, yeah. That's all the, right, the, Charlie. Charlie Blackman. We've we've talked about him, haven't we? He's got a beard, a bit. he will. He looks. Let's be honest. He looks a little bit like Finkelberry. Yeah. Or Finkelberry looks a little bit like. Charlie Blackman. So Didn't much
0: it? so that you commented when Joel came in, was it yesterday? Hey, I see you had four hits or yeah. whatever it was yesterday when he had the big game.
4: I don't know why Joel doesn't go uh, as Charlie Blackman for Halloween.
3: Yeah, he should go to Denver and sign autographs. Yeah. Sort of be like the, oh, the yeah. like the fake Kawhi Leonard. He, he should put be on the a fake Charlie Blackman. Jersey and a hat. No, yeah. you know, we
0: should do that. And this year, we should send Joel and John to the All-Star game. They could double as be Zach Davies. Davies and Blackman. <laughs> yes. they're, just, they're both going to be All-Stars. You're you going to have to
3: shave. No, the, uh, that's fine. I'm going
0: to look it up. Where's the All-Star game this year? You guys walk the streets. Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. Oh, we can do that. You do walk the streets of Cleveland. Yeah, Pilch Sinodgrass. can drive
4: there. He's from fine Sign autographs. That yeah. would
0: be a great bit.
3: All right, so Charlie Blackman had three yes. hits again last night. Let's do that. So here, here's what he's done. Four for five, four for seven, four for six, three for six, three for five. How about that? That's uh, the three-plus hit streak. It's the longest in 50 years in Major League Baseball. So that's five straight. The all-time record is six held by George Brett in 1976. Ooh. How about that? During his that's eight impressive. Game, during his eight-game hitting streak, uh, Charlie, don't call me Joe Finkelbutt, is hitting 571. 571! Now that's minutiae, isn't it?
0: George Brett had a lot of hitting records. He oh, was yeah. a pretty good hitter. I, I would have thought it's later. What was it? So, e or 791 or so the Rod in Carew
3: did it did. five times okay. as well. Yep. You weren't here yesterday. I was going to bring it to your attention. I don't know if you noticed the game before last night in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Both Tony Oliva and Rod Carew were in uniform in the Minnesota dugout. They got uh, clearance from the league to honor both those guys, which was – it was neat for me, and I'm sure you being the fanboy – it would have been exciting if you saw it or not. I'm not sure you saw it or not.
0: Was it on Sunday? Which day was it? I thought that, it was Monday, wasn't oh, it? Oh, was it Monday? Okay, they, maybe they were in, they are probably in town because the day before they had honored Joe Maurer and retired yeah, his yeah, number so, seven. So they're, so. But they're
3: in, this thing is, they're in uniform in yeah. the Twins' dugout. How cool is that? That's yeah, it's awesome. awesome actually. Right? That's amazing. Because
0: they've both been hitting coaches or special instructors over these. I got Tony Oliva's autograph. Uh one year.
4: Here's an idea as a like a little promotion. I don't know as else we kid. could tie this in. Yeah. You have uh one series a year at home where one of your all time greats gets to sit in the dugout. Be an
3: honorary captain.
4: Honorary captain. He yes. you, you get camera shots, interview him, he's in the dugout. He's really in the Who would be the, the Brewer's
3: first honorary Robin captain? Yacht. Who? Robin Yount. Yeah. Oh, Hank Aaron. Could they put Hank Aaron? Yeah, you could use Hank Aaron.
4: Hank Aaron for sure. Then Robin Yount.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, that'd be awesome.
3: Then Molitor, he's it's not doing anything right now.
0: It's a good way to tie the the guys of the past. It, it is. That that'd be way. a great
3: idea. I like that idea, John. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, make sure you book your, when you book your flight today, you and uh, Finkelman, mm-hmm. to, for the All-Star Game, remember that. Okay. Now, who's
4: buying the jerseys and hats, by the way? Do we have to purchase those ourselves? Do have to buy a customized hat? Yeah, they hat? do have
3: to walk around Cleveland in full oh. garb, and full like The pants and the yeah. cleats.
0: Yeah, we'll, well, we'll get the station to Springfield. for it. Here's, like here's a follow-up question.
3: Who do you think will look more like the real deal? Joel. Finkel, butt or uh, John? Joel, for sure.
0: The only thing, and... He'll
3: people, look more, he'll more closely resemble Charlie Blackman than yeah. you will resemble Zach Davies. Yeah,
0: People no, wouldn't notice this enough walking down the street, but the biggest difference will be that I'm sure Charlie Blackman's much taller than Finkelman. Where you really are probably much more the height, even of Zach. I'm Davey. probably the, the same dimension.
4: The
3: yeah, problem is, exactly. for Finkelman to pull it off, he would have to stay muted because if he opened his mouth, started spewing all the negative crap right. he spews, people Absolutely. would know immediately <laughs> it's not Charlie Blackman.
0: It, it, it was not out of the realm, too. People won't know this very much, but there was the year when the All Star game was in Minnesota. Lou Whitaker for the Tigers forgot his jersey or lost his jersey. They, I'm not kidding you, had to go to the pro shop. And buy a Tigers jersey that Lou Whitaker wore for, like, at least you the ever, All-Star festivities. Have you ever
3: passed yourself <laughs> off as somebody else at any oh, point Oh, I go as Matt life?
2: LaPay
0: all the time. Jeez. Goodness. I rock I around the streets I, going, touchdown
3: Wisconsin! Asked one too many questions this morning. All right, so you won't believe the national reaction to Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. I'm telling you, you won't believe. Here's what you really won't believe. Which side the national pundits are taking in this. LaFleur? Or Rodgers will tell you next on Lucas in the Morning.
1: Skip, this is a power struggle here. You can see what's going on. I can't. Aaron Rodgers is, but he's like, I'm in charge, run the play, I call. Aaron Rodgers is like, rough. I'm a two-time league MVP. I'm a Super Bowl winning MVP. I'm still Aaron Rodgers now. Mm. Now, they might have hired you without my blessing, mm-hmm. but don't think you're coming up here running anything because mm-hmm. you're not. Mm. The only thing you're running is your mouth. Now, you keep talking crazy to me, and you're going to meet the same fate the other... Correct. ...head coach I, I had me. I met. would agree. Because at $33 million, $100 million guarantee, I ain't going nowhere.
3: Oh, yeah. Shannon Sharp. I love Shannon Sharp. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with Vogel and... Audio so Undisputed is the name of the show. Uh, Shannon Sharp is a co-host along with the despicable Skip Bayless. And the topic, one of the many topics yesterday when they're not talking about LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard ad nauseum, uh, was Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, who's going to ultimately get control of the the playbook and audibles, right? Because everybody's sort of chiming in. Michael Silver of NFL.com wrote about Aaron Rodgers' adapting to the offense installed by Lafleur and how Rodgers said, well, it's a conversation in progress was the quote he used, saying, well, I'm not going to be that adjustable, pal. Right? And now you heard from Shannon Sharp saying, why should he be adjustable? It should be the other way around. Lafleur should adjust his offense to an elite quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And Skip Bayless weighed in, too. And guess whose side he took? Let's listen.
5: Here's the point about Matt LaFleur. So two years ago was the first time he was the offensive coordinator under Sean McVay. You're not the offensive coordinator. No. I'm sorry. You you have little to nothing to do. It's just a figurehead kind of position. Right. You you attend the meetings and listen to what Sean says, right? Correct. And Sean calls all the plays, so stop it. But he was the coordinator last year in Tennessee for one year. And what did they do? They finished 27th in points scored in the league. Yeah. Only 32 teams. That's not very good. Not. And they finished 29th in passing yards. So he wasn't exactly lighting it up. I'm not a big Mariota guy, but, right. but still, you know, that's that off that resume, you got hired as the head coach of Aaron Rodgers' team. Thank you.
3: <sighs> All right, he had facts to support his argument, didn't he? That's what you asked for. Facts. I think my,
4: sort that, my, my bottom line with this is. Don't you get the feeling that, okay, is Malifleur really going to just sit there and say, no, my way, my way, my way, and I understand the coaching, you want to establish dominance, whatever. Or don't you think he's going to at some point say, oh, well, we can do more of this, or let's let it, he's going to adapt. Don't you think coach, great coaches
0: can adapt? And don't you think Aaron Rodgers is probably not saying, bruh, I call <laughs> I don't him think the he audibles does. here. This is my. They, they, you know what this is? This is a June made for talking heads controversy. They don't have anything NFL oh, it's related right now so they've got it's to terrific. manufacture the,
4: You're right and, and back to, to Aaron Rodgers so don't you think at some level Aaron Rodgers is thinking to himself listen man I'm 35 I'm not going to sit here and complain and waste the end of my career away. I'm going to try to make this work. I'm going to be strong in my convictions and say what I think is going to say and I'm going to talk to my head coach the way I think I can now because I'm an established MVP quarterback but he's not going to like Boy, waste the next five
3: years of his career. Here's What Aaron Rodgers told Michael Silver as far as his ability to recognize defenses uh, and call plays, his audibles on the line of scrimmage. Uh, That's not like a humble brag or anything. That's just a fact Rodgers is saying about that ability to recognize defenses. There aren't many people that can do that at the line of scrimmage, what I've done over the years. I mean, obviously, Tommy can do it, no doubt. Peyton could do it. Drew can do it. Mahomes will be able to do it. Ben has called the 2 minutes. Drill for years. There are a few of us who have just done it. It's kind of second nature, and that's just the icing on the cake for what I can do in this offense. Under of quote, Aaron Rodgers.
0: Right. It's that's why it's perfect. There's just enough truth in all of this. I mean, is Aaron Rodgers stubborn and really smart and really talented? And could there be there both both coach and player are are going to have to come to a meeting of the minds. They're both going to have to compromise a little bit. Yes. And so can you take a side on either side of this argument and really make it into a controversy you want? Yes.
3: But you set it up perfectly because this is in the wheelhouse of every pundit, all right? So one of whom, Damian Woody, former player, played a lot of years in New England, uh, looked at this, this disagreement, not a dis- discussion, between Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers and took out entirely different perspective on it. Let's hear from Woody. What jumps out to me is, is Aaron Rodgers coachable? You know, he's been so accustomed to doing it his way. Obviously, he got Mike McCarthy fired basically. Now, you know, now in a new head coach. And listen, it's June. I don't think anyone's going to jump off a ledge by those comments by Aaron Rodgers. But I think there has to be some, they got to build some trust between the head coach and, and Aaron Rodgers in this particular situation. I think with any player, particularly a player of the caliber of Aaron Rodgers, can a coach put me in the best position to succeed? Right. Can he make me better as a player? And I think that's, that remains to be seen. So it's really a, it's a trust issue going on right now. With- that's got to make Rodgers bristle if he heard that. someone suggesting he's not coachable. Is Aaron oh, Rodgers oh, coachable? Oh, oh, oh you my. know who the
0: first person I was saw write an article or comment on it? The Aaron Rodgers hater of haters, Mike Florio. That's the first one, I'm of like, course. Oh, this is gonna get legs and take off because Florio is from Pro Football Talk, is definitely gonna get this thing going.
3: John, should we come back with a little sound bite from John Smoltz? Let's do that. Let's do that. Smoltz will be playing in the AmFam. He also has some takes on the Brewers and their pitching staff. That's coming up next on Lucas in the morning.
7: You know what? These guys are the best in the world. I get an opportunity. I know my place in this thing and what I can do and what I can bring to a tournament as far as some of my obligations, and I'm, I look forward to it. I have a blast, and they've welcomed me.
3: Smoltsy John Smoltz, talking about the AmFan. You'll be competing in Madison this week. And Welcome back, Lucas. Good morning, Vogel John, you were part of the interview team that uh, discussed a variety of topics with John Smoltz yesterday. Is that correct?
4: Yeah, he appeared on the Mike Keller show yesterday, and uh, you know, talk. They were talking about the the AM Fam. He and Heller were, and then uh, toward the end, he asks about like Corbin Burns and Brewers young pitchers, and John Smoltz talks for four minutes straight about Woodruff about Burns about passion baseball about young pitchers and the position you put them in to succeed and it was great and honestly I think I think if he doesn't have a podcast he needs one right now if he can go for 4 minutes on Corbin Burns I'm pretty sure he can fill a couple hours on major league baseball
3: So we're going to share a little bit of it right we can't do it all we don't have enough time for it all
4: No not the whole 4 minute answer but he he did bring up some good points about young pitchers and just the state of the game today and and how young pitchers struggle and how maybe we don't put them in the best chance to succeed
7: my only concern is for the players, what you've just said. It's not that easy. People think you can just manipulate guys left and right, use them everywhere. Everyone, Every athlete's not the same. They don't think the same. And, yes, guys' stuff are better than it's ever been in the history of the game. We have more guys who have great stuff, but they haven't learned how to pitch because that's really not been the priority. It's like get them up, get them in, use them, and then get the next guy and keep doing that. And and the And the risk you play with that game is – is because you have more assets available, they're not not ready yet. So a guy like Burns doesn't have his third or fourth pitch or second or third refined because out of the pen, you don't need it. You just need to go out and you can have two pitches and be good for short stints. So then when you ask a guy like that, okay, here we go, you're you're a starter. You're trying so hard to put everything together so quickly, and if you don't get off to that quick start, you know almost what's going to happen. Well, put him back in the pen. That's where he had success. Not that easy, you know, and so he didn't have success. Well, they set him down. Then they brought him back in the pen, and right away, he ran into trouble. And, you know, all the way back, if you guys remember the Jabba Chamberlain scenario where he was yeah. up and he was down, he was a closer, he was a Those kind of scenarios don't work for a lot of guys, you know. Aaron Sanchez in Toronto has gone through the same thing. Dynamic arm, but he never really developed as an identity of who he was. Like, am I a starter, am I a closer, am I a reliever?
3: That would be John Smoltz. The only thing I remember about Chamberlain is all the gnats on his face. Yes, yeah. remember that in Cleveland. Yes, that happened in Cleveland. yes. On his face. Oh, you yeah. you don't remember that, John? Well, I've just always something. Oh my! S- like he was Patton attacked.
0: Baseball. It happens every year there. Like at a certain time every baseball season, coming off of Lake Erie, there, whatever it is, they just swarm in. It was the awful. Yep.
3: I felt so bad for him. Uh, uh, Smoltzie, very smart, very astute, uh, has been criticized though by some for being the guy who's shaking his fist at all these young pitchers that are running across his front yard. But does he have a
4: point that so many times you just ask these guys and expect these guys to, to do that, and maybe back in the day they would have developed them a little bit more?
0: Maybe, but there's a lot of guys who's – maybe the going the back and forth is the problem, but Johan Santana, I can think of a number of guys they all started out in the bullpen when they first came to the major leagues – and then they gave them some time to get their feet wet and then became great starters or very good starters. Well, is it fair to
3: say, though, the perception at times of Smoltz, who I think is tremendous in what he does as an analyst, is Mm -hmm. that he's a little bit too old school for a game that's changed.
0: We saw that last year when the Brewers and the Dodgers were going at it. Smoltz was not a fan of the opener, and and the Brewers' bullpen by committee approach – and break at a bullpen well, I, day that they had, all that sort of thing. He did not He did not like it at all. Well,
3: that's some of your team, fanboy, and Jack Morris is the same way. Right. With some of, with, his, with his analysis.
0: I just heard Jack Morris yesterday on the radio, and here's was his lineup, about: he goes, nobody has ever said, I'm going to the ballpark to see that reliever. Nobody's ever said, I'm going to see that closer. They want to see the starter. They want to see the superstars, and they want to see the starting pitcher that day pitch a good game.
4: How did Chamberlain even throw a pitch Oh, did you finally know, see oh, it's the video? It? How, there's like
0: all, all over his face.
4: Yes. Like how do you even concentrate? The attack of the gnat. You ever try to hit a golf ball and like a mosquito goes by your ear and like everything's done. It can't even hit the ball. I got to reset. There's like a thousand gnats on his
2: face. I wish
3: I we had somebody who, who knew what they were talking about. Well, first of all, they wouldn't be listening to this show if they did. But it seems to me, just an observation, that there are more gnats right now than ever, at least in my backyard. I don't know if you guys have gone through that or not. I some they're gnats away everywhere. the other day. Yeah.
0: Just this year? Do you think it's yes. because we've had such a wet
3: spring? It's been ridiculous. Does that have something rain, to do with maybe, it? I don't know. I'll Google wet spring and gnats and see what I come up with. All right. Second hour of the show, we'll come up with Andy Baggett around 7.15. Then an author, author, author. Paul Banks, who wrote a lot of books, has written a lot of books. The book we'll talk about is, no, I can't get you free tickets. Hey, real um, quick, NPR oh yeah. from
4: Illinois just this month getting bugged. Wet spring has brought more gnats and mosquitoes. There we, we go.
3: go.
0: See, that's all I needed. What a I public service answer. we provide, people?
3: Bag at seven fifteen. Bank seven thirty. Much more coming up on Lucas in the morning.
1: Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive.
3: You saw it's your birthday.
1: Here's Uncle Lukey.
3: Thank you very much, Eddie. You want to start with the Barge? Mark the Barge, 60 today. A week? Wait, Two wait, weeks, a month? One?
0: week? No, it is. But we just had DeBarge because then you were asking who DeBarge is, and we went through all this. John oh, was we... asking that? Yeah, I don't that think John did, right. Yeah, John didn't know who DeBarge was. John, do you know his. who
3: Jacob DeGrom is? Never heard of him. 31 years old today. He's going to be making about $31 million a year by the end of his contract extension. He signed five years, $137.5 million. He pitched that's not I believe, yeah. for the Mets. Eight and a third innings. Uh, Mets win 10-2 over Atlanta. Pete Alonzo hit another home run. One of the bright young stars in all of baseball, mark it down, Pete Alonzo. John! Pete is Alonzo. Is there going to be a
0: theme to birthdays that everybody has a duh in front of their name? DeGrom, DeBarge? No. Oh,
3: okay. No, because we're going to go right into the four seasons here. And Tommy. Oh, DeVito.
0: Yeah, we did! You lied! There is a theme!
3: 91. <laughs> 91. to He's 91 years old. 91! I checked, too. He ain't dead. Yeah. Still kicking. Yep. So it's Dirk Nowitzki, 41 years old today. One of my favorite players, I think, of all time because of his unorthodox way of scoring. It's tough watching Gangly, him this year. Gangly, off per- one foot.
0: Well, this year, yeah, it's tough watching him. And he's he's just got a funny, fun personality. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. He enjoys, he enjoys the
3: sport, enjoys himself, yes. which is the way it should be. Uh, Lou Gehrig would have been 116 today Go the ahead, John what do you think? John, do you know no, his John name? No, John
0: has is? no idea. Uh, the, uh, something horse? The Iron Horse. Iron yeah, Horse. Yeah,
4: the Pony. The Iron Giant. The Iron Giant. That's a movie, I think.
3: Uh, Al Wilson, not with us, 80 years old, but his songs will stay with us forever. Yes, it will. Yes, they will. Yes, he will.
0: John, who was the Yankees' first baseman before Lou Gehrig started uh, his uh, record? Molly Pip.
2: Oh, very good. All right, nice.
0: I don't think he'd get. I mean, that. I know you're a trying little to bit fool John? Uh, I he trying to I I I, John. I didn't think he'd Trying to take advantage of John. I didn't think he'd know that. I mean, uh, John's G-
3: the Wally Pip of this show. Jim Slayton, '69. Today, you ever hear Jim Slayton? This is Quiz John. Uh, yeah, he's a pitcher. For uh, who do he pitch for? Tigers. I don't know. He did. Yeah. But also for Brewers. Oh yeah. Twelve of go. his 16 years <laughs> spent with the Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers. 77 All Star. One game four in the 82 World Series against the Cardinals. That Jim Slayton, in case you were wondering. Come that Jim Slayton. Uh, David Pollack, you like him? I do, as an analyst for ESPN, 37 years old. Uh, he was a really talented player. Played against Wisconsin in a bowl game for Georgia, the judge of Bulldogs. That, yeah. I
0: remember interviewing him with m- a yeah. massive media day down first in round, Tampa.
3: First-round draft pick, and then had to, had to retire from football. Some neck, Cervical, spine yeah. okay. injuries, tough stuff. Like. Yep. You want to keep playing? You want to be paralyzed? What's your decision? He you would write to the ESPN booth. Yeah. Smart guy. All right, we got a little Earth, Wind, and Fire. This is for Rob Andringa, butthead. Larry Dunn, 66. Today, um, for you, fanboy. Yeah. I watched him this weekend. He's got the perkiest, jerkiest windup in the history of baseball. Blake Parker is 34 for the Twins. Have you seen him? Yeah. He's, he's, What is that? He's got ants in his pants? There's a couple of guys that I've seen
0: lately that have herky jerky lefty motions. More
3: so this dude than anyone I've seen currently in the Bigs.
0: Submariners from the right side and herky jerky windups from the left side. That's what it seems
3: like. Just like like crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. One last birthday, Jordan Poole, 19 years old, Milwaukee Rufus King, played his final year high school ball in Indiana, played at Michigan for a couple of years. He's available in the draft. Milwaukee Bucks thinking about Jordan Poole with number 30. Who will the Bucks choose at number 30? Is Al Horford a fit for somebody? Where's he going to wind up? Bucks got better yesterday. If it's true, Al Al Horford's not going to re-sign with the Celtics. The East and the Bucks got better if he doesn't. Stay in the East, or that if the
0: athletic report is true. What is the Chris Middleton is going to resign? That they're signing a max deal with Chris Middleton. Is that the athletic why? that? Is,
4: is that why you think Giannis tweeted the googly
3: eyes last yes. night? Was it Middleton or was yes. it because Al so that Holford, makes the that makes the Bucks better, right?
0: Both of those things. Yeah. Well you Al think Horford would be a candidate
3: for the Bucks? They're, no, gonna play. They're in the tax problem right now. I don't right. think he would, but, but...
0: just him leaving the Celtics would help the
2: Bucs. He
3: could, we talked about Dirk. He could wind up in Dallas. He's that type of player, isn't he? I mean, the Celtics have been weakened. Kyrie's gone for sure. Now, Horford, what What they got left?
4: Nothing. Brad Stevens.
3: Nothing. They got nothing. How overrated is that guy? Your guy. Bogey Brad Stevens. Now let's see how good of a He's coach he is. The best coach genius, ever. Genius.
0: He and Joe Madden and the genius coach all of there. All right, fame. So,
3: so when do we make the tag off here? When do you have the baton to I think of? That's next. Butt? That's next. Oh, will we capture that on air? Uh, no, I think it'll be a so two the transition. So you're gone. We're not going to hear from you again
0: until tomorrow? Until tomorrow morning. Wow. How many over-under number of golfers John hits up about his custom clubs out there today? Hey, I got this
4: giddy-up in my swing. What am I doing wrong? Start talking to... Oh,
3: here comes the storm front moving in slowly. The sun is going away. It's starting to rain, thunder, and lightning on its way. Finkelman will join us shortly on Lucas in the Morning.
1: top of the morning to your patrons. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? (laughs) It's over the hump day. Oh, yeah, that means Wednesday. Hump day? And while we're at it, welcome to Lucas in the Morning. Today, we'll be joined by our good buddy Bags, Andy Baggett of UWBadges.com at 715.
2: I said, if you're having the best time of your life right now, let me get a yes, sir.
1: Alongside Rob Volker and John Adius. Mike
3: Lucas. Now, Vogie, the definition of a good trade is when both sides win. All right? So I want your opinion on this. We just traded John Adius for. Uh for
1: Is there a doctor in the house? I'm a doctor. What's
0: up? Hello, everybody.
2: Oh, little bit. How
0: would would you rate this deal? Uh this is the band getting back together, but it's one of those VH1 specials when they all broke up and went their separate ways. This is
8: Herschel Walker, and I am Herschel
3: (laughs) Walker. (laughs) It's raining in the studio. Oh. Oh my goodness, it's raining and the storm cloud is hovering. Right you above feel us. feel the pall come over
0: this entire studio. Oh, you, guys nice, Just, <laughs> you guys are
8: too Charlie nice, man. Just, you guys are too nice. Charlie
3: Blackman returns!
0: Yeah. Suddenly, everybody stinks, and we should fire them all. Yeah, they're all terrible. That's right. Get Shaw out of here. Oh, for two last night, unacceptable. And, of course, right on cue, too, the last piece of video I saw before he came into the studio... Was about that minor league home run derby where the guy did the ultimate bat flip, but he threw it. We're we're not going to start with bat flip. Almost threw it over the wall. (laughs) 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 Oh, Doctor J must be coming.
3: But (laughs) since you brought it up, are you okay with Team USA and its and the way it handled its thirteen to go route of uh, Taiwan? You were okay with the celebrations goals so, 11 12 and 13 I, I just
8: real quick on that i i think some some of the celebrations that we were talking about people uh i think it became a talking point without people actually watching what the celebrations were to some degree a, a lot of the celebrations weren't bad at all it wasn't like they were doing choreographed dances with 10 different women like it, it just some
3: of them were scripted
8: i think it was a little overblown so i, yeah, so, I what, never you, probably, over the top you would say no no, no 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 i'm saying i think the reaction to it was over the top i, I think at some point you're scoring a goal in the World Cup. You're going to celebrate. That's what it I is. I thought
3: the reaction was over the top. Yeah. Both defending and ripping it.
8: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's honestly. Both sides it's were probably, over the top. It's probably fair.
3: You're, you're you are
0: probably spot on. There,
3: okay. So in game two, when there was the plate golf I love, I love clapped. That. Were you I okay with that? that? Yeah,
0: thousand percent. I wish they had just left it alone. Then it would have been, the story would have been yeah. done. Now they brought it back, but yeah. it didn't need to be. And it would have been done. Whether you were for them or against them in the celebrations in that initial argument, just let it go and well, let here, it be done. Here, then. Here's so a polite
3: golf clap for the Milwaukee Brewers finally scoring in San Diego. <laughs> Without the benefit of a hit. Do we have the final call from last night, pray tell? Uh, we do. Pray tell. Let's hear the fight. Yeah. It's a short but not so sweet one. Listen.
1: Fastball strike three call. <laughs> this ball game belongs to my San Diego Padres. How about them boys? Oh, my oh God.
3: Right. How, how about, about them boys? boys? Is
8: that t- Was it like Ted Lightner or something? Did, did he say guys? my San
3: Diego
1: Padres? Yeah, he's always yeah. Play that, that again.
3: Play that. I love
8: this. Play Dude, that again. This is my favorite yeah. announcer.
1: Basketball strike three call. This ball game belongs to my San Diego Padres. How about them boys?
3: That's, how about them boys? How, how about, about them, them boys? How about them Brewers trying to score, um, which they haven't been able to do? Last night was Logan Allen, the always popular Logan Allen, a left-hander, 22 years old, debut. He just shut him down for seven innings, three hits. Close personal friends with John Cena, who was in attendance wearing a Logan Allen jersey. Who knew that Allen had his own number 54 jersey? When somebody's wearing 54, you know that he wasn't considered to be a, like a bright prospect or someone that they were going to be counting on this year. His record at the minor league level before they called him up in El Paso was 4-3 and three with a 5 point 1-5 earned run average, Woo! and the Brewers are absolutely clueless against them.
0: I think every fan base feels like their team never does well against a rookie pitcher when he's called up making yeah. his debut. No, you're right. I mean, because I always <laughs> remember that. It was always a thing with the Twins. Like, God, we can't just solve this guy that's throwing up slop up there, and he's some rookie nobody's ever heard of. And the same thing was last night, although it's a great story for that guy, even though he's a Brewers you know, follower, you don't want to have that happen to I mean, you. But what a great story and Let's was. be honest.
3: The only negative from last night, uh, well, besides Mike Heller calling out a, a perfect game alert like three batters in.
8: What was that?
3: <laughs> yeah. Did you react the same way I did? Like, yeah. what are you doing?
8: Uh, you know what's great, too? He did it. I wasn't watching the game at the exact moment, so boom, I flip right over, and it's like, and there's two runners on, and he's giving up two hits. I was like, way to go, Heller. You I'm, nailed th- it. I right think he
3: registered it like, at the three-inning mark? It was at the three-inning well, mark. I wonder if you might want to stay up because he's, he's, he's on to something now. He's on to something.
0: I like to think he was typing it already during Woodruff's warm-up
2: tosses yeah. in the first Give inning. Give it, a it rest. was just ready to hit send. There should be a – the end.
3: unwritten rule of baseball is that you don't tweet something like that until at least he gets credit for a complete game, which is what? fifth. I say it's the sixth inning.
0: Yeah, you can't, you can't get, get credit go, for you go a spot, six, right? yeah. You can right? You want
3: to talk about a guy on the verge of a perfect game – it has to be five in, I think, five yeah, completed. I think
8: once you finish the fifth inning, that's
0: when fans can start to go like, "Yes," mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
3: But not maybe? before, not Have you, three guys into the game. Yeah, no. Have you ever been
0: in the ballpark when a guy has either thrown a no-hitter or been close to throwing
3: a no, no-hitter? No, I've never the seen it. The one.
0: closest I was, but we also got into the
8: game late. We were like, we were going to, you know what, we'll go in in the first inning, we'll go in in the second inning, we'll be fine. Well, it was, I believe it was Chris Carpenter against uh, Giovanni Gardo, and Carpenter had a perfect game through five, and Gardo had a no hitter through five. So that's when we got in, was the fifth inning because the game was moving so fast. Mm-hmm. That's the closest I've ever been. And then, of course, both of them blew it. All right, I, one I more in, th- it's a cool yeah.
0: thing. It's a cool thing in a ballpark. I was in Kansas City when Ron Darling was doing it for the A's, and he took it into the eighth. And to see the visiting crowd, where they're going to lose the game anyway, suddenly pick up on what's going on and get into
3: it. That's okay. That's okay. Well, before we get out of this segment, I want to comment from uh, Craig Council because I-, I was going to point out the only real negative, I mean, losing to the Padres, all right, fine. Can't score, okay, fine. Uh, Mike Keller, okay, fine. Uh, well, Mike Moustakis got drilled uh, by a pitch. On the opposite hand, he's. I think he's got a fractured ring finger on one hand. I think it was the thumb of his left hand, um, and he had to be removed from the game, and I asked Council about him the moose afterwards
9: yeah he's uh it's just a contusion um really he caught it um in kind of his first three fingers
4: um so
2: <coughs>
4: x-rays were negative um just day to day yeah he's he was pretty sore coming out
9: um you know we were a little scared for sure but he's all right
3: yeah it was scary i mean that's the last guy you want to lose i mean he's gonna be an all-star and he's playing like an all-star. well he's not the last guy no, well, Yellich might be the last <laughs> All right, no, wait. hater right there. Let me, with let me refer me that. He'd be the second to last <laughs> there go, guy. There we go. There we go. Position. That he'd be, position the, be, the, be the, the second to last <laughs> position <laughs> player. Well, right, he'd be yeah. the second second to last position player who bats left handed. There we go. He'd be, the second the to, he'd be the second to last position player who bats left handed and can play second and third. Who also has
0: a nickname of an animal. He'd yes. be the Boos, second to
3: last position player who bats. Who. What did I say now? Who bats, bats left, left, left handed hand <laughs> and plays second and third and is not named Travis Shaw. Yeah, right, oh, there man. you go. We in the second guys. to last. No, yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. There you go. Uh, Andy Baggett joins us next on Lucas in the Morning.
7: the middle of a very busy schedule traveling. I'm in the midst of a 28 out of 30 day on the road uh, journey and it starts here in Wisconsin. And as soon as it ends, I go to London for the Red Sox Yankees. And then my journeys take me to the All-Star game and then to Lake Tahoe. So I'm finding a way to uh, figure out my game on the fly.
3: That would be the life of a baseball analyst slash golfer, John Smoltz. Smolts will be playing in the American Family Insurance Championship at University Ridge this weekend. Joining us now on Lucas in the morning, Andy Baggett from uwbadgers.com. Good morning. How you doing?
10: I'm good. Are you guys okay?
3: Yeah, we're okay. This uh golf tournament has been more than okay for the community, hasn't it?
10: Oh, I would say so. I and I would think that uh, all all parties involved would say so. It's uh I I I, I Looking back on it, I can't say I was skeptical about it, but it, it it's it's one of those events that uh, you could see where there might be some struggle somewhere along the line, but uh, there haven't been because it's been so well run. It's uh, brought in people that uh, people want to see, and I think having a, a spokesperson as reputable as Steve Stricker kind of as the face of this uh, event has, has helped greatly, so... It's really – it's exceeded my expectations. I don't know about anybody else.
0: I heard uh, Smoltz in an interview talking about uh, his golfing career now, if you will, that that's become his, his passion besides his broadcasting. And he mentioned that – here's a guy who's in a Hall of Fame pitcher, been to, in one World, a World Series title and been to numerous others, all these accomplishments he's had in the game of baseball, but said his greatest individual accomplishment was qualifying for the U.S. Senior Open recently. Have you come across that where you've had a story that's kind of caught your attention where a great, accomplished athlete or coach, but it was something else, not their sport of choice or their career, that really stands out as their number one sort of athletic achievement or
10: moment? Off the top of my head, Rob, you, you asked these really, really good questions that require a lot more thought than I can give to them. Sorry the about I, that,
3: yeah. Uh, well, no, 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 Andy, no, let, me, let me follow up. Were you covering the Brewers when Robin Yount made some early noise about joining the golf tour? Remember that?
10: Oh yeah, I, I was not covering the team back then, but that was definitely a moment where he was. I don't know if that was more uh, curiosity about the golf tour because he is an, he's he was. I don't know to what degree he's golfing now, but uh, he was very good at the time, and and it was. I don't know if he was bored with losing. I think that was a factor in it, and and uh, but he did think about it. Yes, that that's a, that's a quality example.
3: Well, another would be Kenny the Hawk Harrelson, mm-hmm. who who went out and Oh, of course. I, why did
10: I think of Kenny the Hawk Harrelson right off the top of the right? show? Right? Of I course,
3: that, you did, but you just didn't tell us. That's what, what happened.
10: No. I, I, no. Uh, Explain Kenny the Hawk Harrelson, What, it, what well,
3: it, yeah, it, he was Harrelson. He was a prodigious home run hitter. Um,
10: and, of course. I know that part of it, but it, what, what was he?
3: And he was a heck of was, a golfer. He game. tried the tour. Oh, okay. He tried the tour for a while. Good friends with Jack Nicklaus. Know that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yep good friends with Jack he Has tried to qualify for the, the British Open. I don't remember if he played in it or not, but I know he tried to qualify. I mean,
3: post-baseball, Rick Roden always wins those amateur yeah. golf events, uh, a, a tremendous golfer. Now, you bring up the, the word Nicholas. I mean, Andy, when we get back to the AmFam, um, the the foursome Favre, Nicholas, Toby Keith, and Andy North, that in itself will draw a lot of people to University Ridge, don't you think?
10: Um, I think Jack Nicholas could come and sit on a chair, and I think that would draw <laughs> people to... To, to University Ridge, if you have any sense of uh, of golf history, I mean that's that's royalty right there. I mean there there aren't many people like that. There are many athletes in the world that uh, that can command that that type of attention and that have that are uh, worthy of of that attention. And Jack Nicklaus is one of those. So that I mean, that, when when I heard the news that he was coming, my first thought was, "What a coup that is!" Because it's uh, you don't often you don't often get the king of, of, of anything or the queen of anything to show up and, and participate in an event like this and to have Jack Nicholas do that is, is uh, to me, that was a huge get.
0: Do you have any problem, and maybe it's less so with a, you know, when you're on a champions tour or you're some sort of veteran sports like, like this, because remember when Annika Sorenstam played on the PGA Tour, and she played at the Colonial, I believe it was, there were a number of pro golfers who were playing in that tournament who had a problem with giving an exemption to somebody because you say, oh, you're taking up somebody's spot here obviously it was a huge promotional thing for that event and here John Smoltz maybe not on the same level but it's a promotion and people will be coming out to watch you know a former major league baseball pitcher play and compete in this do you have any problem with them giving exemptions for these type of promotional type things
10: absolutely not I mean this is you're you're looking for to me I think that the number one priority in this is 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 bringing in an audience and the second most important thing is bringing in a a good field of of golfers. And if you're on the fringe of of, uh, of qualifying, if you're on the fringe of if you're not real high on the list of of, of of people that are involved in this, which which I would think would be the case with guys who are who are complaining about this, um, it, it's 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 on you if you ask me. It, because I think that the, the Events like this are driven by the personalities that show up, and, and uh, I would bet that when this tournament is over, the vast majority of people are going to walk away from this going, I got a chance to see Jack Nicholas play, uh, and if you're a really avid golfer, that's a big deal.
3: Before we let you go, I want your take on Mike Eves. 63-year-old Mike Eves will spend his 35th season in coaching uh, in the American Hockey League with the Cleveland Monsters as its head coach.
10: Not a surprise. He there are people who are there are people who are destined to to, uh, to do one thing in their life, and, and Mike is a coach. and, and uh, I, I'm actually surprised it took him this long to uh, to find a more high profile uh, opportunity to find, to find his way back to the professional level. He'll, he's that's that's his life. That's what he wants to do. If you ask me, and I think that the, it was a the the downshift to. To small college hockey was uh, was understandable at the time, but I, I think he's he believes. I, I my guess is that he's been rejuvenated and he's ready to, to to coach at the at the at the.
8: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?"
5: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do
8: I have to say?
5: Yes, you do. In the car
8: before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited
3: by law.
10: 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At a bigger level than he, than he had been for the last couple of years.
3: I believe Jeff on is in the front office in Cleveland. You aware of that, Andy? <sighs>
10: I, I'm not, but if, if that would explain a lot of things, I know Blake and, and, and Mike were uh, had a had a unique relationship, a, a very respectful relationship, obviously from coach and player, but it was a little bit more than that. And, and I think that uh, uh, if, if Blake has got if his fingerprints are on this, then then that's uh, then that's a uh, I'm very understandable given their relationship. You'll enjoy
3: this too. Another Badger connection in that Cleveland is the affiliate of uh, Columbus. In the NHL, the Blue Jackets and the uh, and the Columbus associate general manager slash senior vice president of hockey operations is Billy Zito.
10: Yep, and he's and he's a very hot commodity in in the in the NHL. Former as Badger
3: as the, assistant,
10: taken over as a lot of a lot of teams have have been looking at him as a possible guy to run it, run their organization, and it wouldn't surprise me to see his name come up a little more prominently with the Seattle franchise.
3: Thanks, Andy. We'll talk again on Friday.
10: All right, guys. Enjoy your days.
0: Thanks, Andy. That'd be funny. I, I'm looking at Blake Jeffrey on Wikipedia page. It doesn't have that update in there, but he used to work for Corn Ferry and helping with higher co- coaches I, I for different I, places, saw, so I thought I saw that, was, uh, that someplace. Could be, we'll
3: we'll yeah. try to confirm it or yep. not. Uh, when we come back, author, author, author. Paul Banks is his name. Book title is, No, I Can't you Get Your Free Tickets. He's up next on Lucas in the Morning. Hey,
2: don't write yourself off it's only in your
3: head you feel that. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. These are the words from a Chicago reviewer, a book reviewer, quoting, if you enjoy a snarky take on a sports personality, this is your book. If you enjoy someone ripping the Band-Aid off a rumor or pointing out the painfully obvious, this is your book. If you enjoy the lighter side of Big Ten hot takes, this is is your book. The book's title, No, I Can't Get You Free Tickets. The author, Paul Banks, joins us now. Good morning, Paul. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Not too bad. So was the critique accurate? Was it accurate?
6: Yeah, I have no complaints about that. I think I've got something that... It's kind of book where you can read it straight through if you want, or you can just kind of pick it up anywhere in the middle. And most importantly, i provided something that... I think it resonates with a lot of different media members when they get bothered about free tickets to such to such event.
0: All right. So Paul, as a Fulbright scholar in media studies, it immediately vaults you to the third most intelligent person in this conversation right now. So as somebody though who works in the sports media, has a website, thesportsbank.net. Uh, you've got a lot of things in here that really kind of speak to the state of current sports media. And we discussed it earlier of like trumping up a story in June about a, a fake Aaron Rodgers controversy with his head coach about audibling. What do you think of the current state of sports media and this um, embrace debate atmosphere we have right now?
6: I think it's largely driven by social media. Um, Kind of yesterday when, and Brett Favre was trending about uh, Instagram post, and then Instagram post is deleted. I think what we're seeing is not a lot of people get great access these days as teams have their own cameras and their own websites and their own people writing for them. So we don't really get to see and know the athletes as much unless they're on social media. So it's all about taking a tweet or a headline or a post and then turning it into a story And as we all know, social media is all about debate and it's all about, you know, fighting and conflict. So, and that's a tale as old as time in the news industry that conflict moves the needle. So I think that's how we got here. It's just, it's just all ramped up. It's more accelerated now.
3: Well, I apologize for, for Vogel suggesting you're the third most intelligent guy in this conversation. <laughs> my God, you blow the doors off both of us, <laughs> what? knuckleheads! Maybe. What the hell are you talking about, Vogel? I don't
0: know. Maybe. Maybe that, one t- that's
3: a prime example for your book, right, right. there.
0: Maybe one too many bus um, rides with Paul going back and forth to the Rose Bowl. My goodness! Yeah.
3: Obnoxious! Good yeah. lord! Speaking of obnoxious, here's your segue to Jay Cutler. Your thoughts. <laughs>
2: yeah. You
6: know, he was named in the top 60s among, they just did the, um, they just had this big celebration a couple weekends ago about the top 100 Bears of all time. And I think it's because of his personality that he wasn't hired because he had the number and he had the passing records and he had the stats to be up there. But, you know, that Jay Cutler to me is the gift that keeps on giving because now that he's a reality TV star and they, they see just his typical, uh yeah, don't care, uh, Yeah, don't care. They see that's how he comes off all the time. I'm like, yeah, that, that's who he is, and that's marketable in a reality TV setting. But it's, um, you know, obviously doesn't work when you're supposed to be the leader of an NFL franchise. And that's what we lead off the book with, the greatest example of that. And, um, you know, I do hope that I'm among... The, the top three most entertaining people in this conversation.
3: Yeah, I doubt that. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> <third> there, <yeah. laughs> We're not going to go there yet. Let's see how you f- you finish, how strong you finish. Uh- <laughs>
0: uh, Paul, you got you got to help me with one because we did a topic, I don't know, a while back where if you had to pick a sports venue to have your ashes buried when you do pass, what sports venue would you pick and why? And I said the Rose Bowl and I gave my list of reasons, walk out of the studio, and not kidding, I get hammered by two or three people in media who said Augusta National or whatever this place, but I know you have a little blurb here in the book, the book titled No, I Can't Get You Free Tickets, about the Rose Bowl being one of the most beautiful places on earth. Why Why is that so special for you and all your covering of the of, of sports over the years?
6: Well, I think as, as us being Midwesterners, we know that to get to the Rose Bowl, you have to earn your way, and... You know, when they, when they do the little narration in the pregame, they, you know, they talk about how this is kind of like a Shangri-La that frees you up from winter, and it's New Year's Day, and it's the, the idea of new hope and starting again, and it's always sunny, and you've got the mountains, and you've got the sunset, and college football to me is the greatest game on earth and always will be, and I can't think of a more perfect setting for... It's not only is it picturesque, but just the idea of what it represents, just watching it as a kid. Um, I've got a lot of great quotes from Kirk Herbstreet Street in there because I think he said it best when the only thing that's missing is Spielberg saying, All right, we're rolling. Because, <laughs> as he said, you've got the 80,000 extras on hand. I mean, it is the stuff of cinematic dreams for sure.
3: The book is No, I Can't Get Your Free Tickets. To the author, Paul Banks, thank you so much for joining us this morning.
6: Well, thanks for having me, guys. This is a lot of fun. And, Paul, where can we get the book? Uh, Amazon.com, and it's available in paperback or in Kindle.
3: Good luck with it, Paul. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Uh, when we come back, very special guest, Jerry Kelly. Jerry Kelly will join us next on Lucas in the Morning. To Lucas in the Morning, I promised a very special guest, and we have one, and I apologize to him right now for waking him up. <laughs> I am such a creep for asking Jerry Kelly to join us this early, cut into his sleep, but he's so gracious, he's going to do it anyways. Good morning, Jerry. How you doing?
9: Morning, Luke. How are you? Not well, too... I didn't think I'd, didn't think I'd make it. <laughs> I didn't think you'd make it either.
3: I am so proud of you. <laughs> Terrific. Thank <laughs> you again. Uh, the AmFam... Insurance championship uh what's it mean to you in the time that you've been around it?
9: Oh, uh, it's just so cool what uh Steve and american family has have uh, put together uh it it's really cool I mean we tried really hard you know to get something in Madison and Milwaukee, you know, just Wisconsin in general just trying to bring golf back and because uh, we were really sad when g m o left obviously, so uh you know they just uh they just got together and, and, and got it done, and uh, I'm pretty proud of them.
0: How has this season for you on the Champions Tour gone so far, Recent, uh, Jerry? Recently you had a, a seventh-place finish, your uh, ninth in the Charles uh, Schwab Cup rankings, six top ten finishes this year. Has it been as you would have hoped for this season?
9: Uh, no, I've been, I've been hurt for about a year, so I'm, I'm just coming back. Uh, things are just starting to gel together. Uh, I'm I'm still not pain free, but nobody is uh, at this age. So it uh, you know it, it's still a work in progress. Uh, you know what it's like when you when you play hurt and mental side's not there, and and just everything's starting to come back. So I'm I'm pretty pleased, but I'm not pleased with the way the year has gone. No. <laughs>
3: We're talking with Jerry Kelly, one of the great ambassadors for the community of Madison, the state of Wisconsin golf in the state of Wisconsin. Jerry, th- this, you kind of alluded to it uh, with the first question and answer that people have to start recognizing Wisconsin for, for what it means to the golf world. Wouldn't you agree?
9: Well, I think everybody outside of Wisconsin realizes what Wisconsin golf is. I mean, they know the guys. From Wisconsin uh, have had success they know the courses the major courses the Ryder Cup courses are in Wisconsin that they're coming to visit uh, I, I think you can feel pretty comfortable that Wisconsin is on the map in a big way so it's uh, we're not slighted in any way it's uh, it, it's pretty cool what has been going on the last 15 years or so
3: Jerry what kind of vibe do you get on the Champions Tour from people who have been in Madison and are coming back?
9: Oh, they love it. I mean, the guys, they're they are constantly, uh, you know, saying, hey, we're going back to Madison, going back to your hometown. Oh, we love it, you know. Uh, you know, some of them stay downtown, some of them stay out west, but they all, they all make their way downtown, and, uh, you know, I give them the right restaurants to go to, and they have a good time.
3: So who's been – would you say who would be the favorite coming into this event? Let me phrase it that way, based on what you've seen thus far.
9: Well, you can't ask an individual sport an individual question like that.
3: Got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Who's I been? Mean, okay, I'm, let me rephrase. I'm
9: I'm, no, McCarron's leading the money list. He should be He should be the, uh, the favorite. Uh, Stricker is, just won his first senior major. He probably should be number two, Uh, you know, but I'm going to do my best not to let either of those two beat me or anybody else. So, uh, you know, we go out there, uh, the competition is is strong and the mental side of the competition, none of us have have backed down. I mean, there's no, (laughs) there's no playing for second out here at all everybody's going really low every single week. We know what we have to do. And when you have to go that low every single week, very similar to the PGA Tour, you're not going to win every week. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm trendy. I'm ready.
3: Well, that's uh, that attitude, man, you've had it forever, right? Doesn't that start emanate from hockey, your hockey playing days, you're a grinder, you're a gamer, you're not going to give an inch?
9: Well, let's put it this way. If those two guys had numbers, I'd know their number, and I'd look for them in the corners. There's no question about that.
3: That is terrific. That is so Jerry Kelly. One last thought, Jerry, before we cut you loose. And again, thank you so much for getting up and visiting with us. Uh, Jack Nicholas is going to be here playing uh, in the Celebrity Foursome. Um, any, any stories, any times that your career has intersected, you've had a chance to be around Nicholas.
9: Sure. He was captain of the president's cup when I was down in South Africa with him. And, uh, I knew Gary Nicholas. So I've, I've played a few rounds with Jack and, uh, I mean, let me preface this by saying every time I see him, it's still really humbling. (laughs) I mean, it took me a long time and a lot of times him saying, you know, it's Jack, it's Jack, you know, and it was always Mr. Nicholas, but, uh, once I turned 50, I, I gave myself that uh, that pleasure of actually calling him Jack. But uh, I remember the first time I played with him. I'm being off in the first hole, no problem. Hit it right down the middle. Hit it passed him. Of course, he was about 70 at that point. No, he was <laughs> younger. He was younger than that. But uh, and I had a seven iron into the green after he knocks it uh you know on the green and i just flat out chunked it so bad <laughs> you just you just look over at him and he gives you that wink and it's just like oh yeah everybody does it with you don't they <laughs> it's but uh i mean having him here is is unbelievable I mean, you get the chills meeting the guy. I mean, he's just the greatest ever. So it's it's uh, it it was a great pull for Steve.
3: I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you last thought. What would it mean to win this thing for you?
9: Well, I mean, this is like a major to us Wisconsin guys. So, uh, you know, it'd just be huge in the heart, and that's uh, that means probably more than anything when it's uh, when it's that close to your heart. Uh, Might be the favorite win.
3: Jerry, thank you again for getting up and joining us. And good luck this weekend. We'll be looking forward to watching you play. All
0: right. Thanks a lot.
3: Thanks, Jerry. Jerry Kelly. (laughs) Uh, I, I just so hope that he gets a chance to maybe win one like this. Right? to win that tournament right in his hometown, how special that would be. He said it would be from the heart. Yeah,
0: you remember all those years covering the GMO where he and Steve Stricker and other Wisconsin guys would talk about what it would mean to win on the PGA Tour in the GMO. It's just been replaced by this with the Champions Tour and to win right here in their backyard. So was he
3: telling us that he wished? He wishes he had a hockey stick in his hand so he could no. carve the eyes out of the competition. No, but as he was given the yes, answer, I think he sounded like, a like it.
0: Couldn't you see him partying with Brett Hull, though, on the parade?
3: No. I could see the two I of them see, singing Gloria together. I yep. could not see no. anyone partying oh, with that yes. sloppy old veteran. No. No. I could see Jerry going toe-to-toe no. to toe with Jerry's above Hull. that level. Far above that level. <laughs> Last call next, Lucas in the Morning. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning Last Call. Uh, Another shout-out to Jerry Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, pulling back the curtains on that. I mean, he really wanted to sleep in, and I bugged him, and I bugged him, and he was gracious enough to join us. So thank you, Jerry, and good luck this weekend. So do you have a tweet of the day? So
0: you're saying persistence pays off on that one. Just keep annoying people is the way to do it.
3: Kind of annoying. That's our theme to the term. show. Let's just annoy people.
0: Uh, Michigan's having a great run at the College World Series, undefeated so far. And their head coach, Zach Herrig, was interviewed on ESPN by their sideline reporter during their game against Florida State. Here's what his answer was to asking about the recruiting of their roster and the makeup of such. We talked this morning about
6: the way that you recruit, pulling from cities, the mentality that you have when you look at players and who you want to bring to Michigan what is your mindset for the guys that you want to wear your uniform
5: well we just think our roster should look like the united states of america and so uh, we target uh, a lot of a lot of inner city kids there's a lot of great athletes out there and i think it's ridiculous the cost of travel ball and some of these showcases and it just uh you know it, it it negates opportunities for a lot of kids and so uh you know for us, we we want to have a diverse roster, and we want to provide as many
3: opportunities for kids all over the country that we can.
0: Amen, Coach. I know it's hard to cheer for a Michigan man, but I'm cheering for the Wolverines at the College World Series. I can't
3: cheer for the Wolverines, sorry. Uh, tweet <laughs> <laughs> of the day <laughs> under any circumstance. Lenny Dykstra had the tweet of the day. Yeah. Um, he went dumpster diving over the weekend. Apparently, he set down his eighty thousand dollar dentures in the napkin sure. at a fast food joint, a sub joint. Um, they threw it away, so it took him 12 hours. Nine hours, make that. Searching the dumpster for his dentures. He had a friend with him, a tag team wrestler, who goes by the name of Sprinkles the Clown. Sure. So here's Lenny Dykstra <laughs> and Sprinkles the Clown spending nine hours in a dumpster outside of a New Jersey sub shop looking for $80,000 in dentures. Just when you
0: thought it couldn't huh? get any worse or Lenny Dykstra couldn't get
3: any lower... The truth is stranger than fiction Yet another example oh, That's no. incredible That's just
0: awful What his life has become
3: Really? You think? Yes <laughs> Okay, now we segue to Mike Heller How you doing? Oh yeah
0: Yeah, I'm alright
3: You yeah, alright? Good, yeah uh, Did you break up the no-hitter last night? Uh, tweet, no, I, 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 I didn't. I, I,
9: I did not. Did. It I was uh, a ground ball that uh, Aaron Perez tried to backflip. Uh, yeah, that was what. Three broke batters up the into
3: it. the game, and you're talking about a perfect game. I think. You, I think you just cursed him. I think yeah. you did.
9: Let's try and get our facts straight next no, time, that, Luke.
3: That, that's that's a reality. There, the facts were straight. Yeah, you. You blew it. You blew it for Woodruff and the Brewer fans. Yeah, Coming after you with pitchforks, man!
9: You're on to me. You got it.
3: Yeah, thank you. Will you you be chipping and putting during the show? Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, And thank you for listening to Lucas in the Morning. It is
5: Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?